What does it take to launch a popular podcast? Well, Steph just did it. (laughs) And on the show today, she shares the three big tactics she learned so you have a better shot of doing it yourself. Oh yeah, uh, by the way, we've got a new podcast to tell you about. Hello and welcome to The Fizzle Show! This is The Fizzle Show, where every Friday we publish another conversation to educate and motivate people who work for themselves. We're going to be a little education, we're going to be a little motivation, but I mean, a little bit of inspiration. I bet you're going to like it. It's going to be good. (laughs) Because doing it on your own, you're just too prone to fizzle out. You know that's why we call it fizzle? Because most businesses fizzle out. Don't be a statistic. Now, if you don't want to be a statistic, if you want to go deeper, if you want to give your shot yourself the biggest shot you possibly can, training and community support for creative small businesses. That's what we do for a living at Fizzle. It's $35 a month to get access to a huge library of training courses and weekly coaching calls. That's like one of the best parts, I think. Weekly coaching calls within Fizzle that are just part of the membership. But that does that's not even to mention the forums, the place where there are a thousand plus entrepreneurs working on their thing. They're looking to give you some feedback. They're looking to get some feedback. And they're looking to make friends that can last potentially the rest of their lives because there's nothing like the relationships you make with other people who are deciding not to settle for the way that life just like does its thing to you, right? Someone said, you know, life happens to you or you can happen to life. I like that. Maybe I'll make that my tagline. Fizzle.co. How about you happen to life? (laughs) Find out more at fizzle.co. And as a listener to the show, you get to, uh, you could have five weeks of Fizzle membership just for totally for free. Fizzle.co slash try five. Fizzle.co slash try five. Follow along at home at fizzleshow.co slash what, what I mean. You, do you ever do you ever go from the link on this one? I'm going to stop talking now. I'll be back after this conversation because it's such a good one to fill in any gaps without any further ado. Take it away. So, Steph, we did it. We did we it. We launched it. Woo-hoo! Woo-hoo! <laughs> so good, excited. Guys. We didn't even practice that. We actually are excited about this. Mm-hmm. Tell us, tell the people what you did, Steph. Tell actually Corbett Barr. Corbett Barr, tell the people what Steph and the Fizzle team have just done. Why do I get the honors? Because it's like, you know what it's like to, to talk about something that like um, that you did versus like when someone else talks about something you did? Yeah. I just think like, like you start it and then, because the rest of the show, I want to hear from Steph. So like okay. I get to hear how, how awesome I am from Corbett. Is that what Absolute, you mean? No pressure. Absolutely. No pressure to me, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this week, after a lot of hard work and a lot of planning and really, I think, a lot of focus on little details that are going to matter going forward, Steph Crowder, our very own, who is one third of The Fizzle Show, now has her own platform as host of a brand new podcast. It's called Courage and Clarity. It just dropped, to use the parlance of our times, earlier this week. (laughs) And... Uh, the focus is on really telling these two parts of 
founders' stories, essentially, of stories from entrepreneurs who have done something and gone out there and and put their arses on the line to make something happen, we noticed that there are two parts to every story. And that's why we're calling it Courage and Clarity, because the first episode in each set is about finding the courage that it takes to go out on your own and um, really just figuring out what that vision looks like. And then the second part is about the clarity that it takes to put the process together, to actually go through the motions and do the work necessary to make this stuff happen. And um, Steph was was the lead on this. She put the whole thing together. She did the interview. She um, did a tremendous job as host. And the first handful of episodes that I've heard have all been really, really great. And so we're happy to share this with the world. And also we decided, Steph decided, and we did as a team, to really focus on uh, female entrepreneurs because we think that there's a, a part of the fizzle crowd that doesn't get enough acknowledgement and because that's also just where Steph's heart is in terms of entrepreneurs and we were behind her 100% on that. Mm-hmm. Big time, big time. Uh, and it's it's just, a, it, it is, it is like so, it's like a breath of fresh air these shows are to me, these episodes. That's one of the things that I like so much about these shows, Steph, is like the guests that you have curated, you know, we have access to all these different people and first season is is just like, people that you're like not tired of hearing from, do you know what I mean? You're not like, you don't already know their stories, but they're like amazing. They're badasses, right? And the way that you guys are kind of like, I don't know, somehow the way that you have rapport with these people. So the information that you're getting from the way that they tell their stories, it's just like refreshing to me. Do you know what I mean? It's like really like, uh, uh, it feels very fresh. So I'm like over the moon excited and just like, honored to be to be a part of of this so here's what i want to do on the show today i want you to tell us a little bit about what this show means to you steph like why you you decided to do this before we get into i want to know the three things you've learned by making this show like like for anybody out there who's like maybe an audio novice who wants to do their own show let's talk about what you have learned because you were not a podcast creator before you started this show <laughs> do you know what i mean you did not know how to do the tools oh how my to god do anything in this and you and and like i didn't i ba- i barely held your hand at all i just was like here's some youtube videos here's some ideas and gave you some pushing and some prodding but you did all this work yourself yeah, right? well, you so, you know, you nurtured me a little bit, but you you pushed me out of the nest, I think, and that was that I, was I helpful. Did. I did. I pushed you out of the nest. But <laughs> so I want to know. I, I so what I want to get into in the, in the meat of our conversation is is like what you learned about making a podcast, right? As someone who didn't make podcast a podcast before, who has been interviewed and all this, thinks you know like a lot more about podcasts than you probably do. Yes, right. And then you get into it, and you're like. Oh my God, this water is so much colder than I thought it was going to be. Oh my God. I mean, I have so much to say about it. I don't even know where to begin. I guess I'll start by saying, yes, indeed. I was a complete and total audio noob. I knew nothing about audio except for appearing on this podcast every week, which honestly is incredibly simple. I click record on my application that I use and I send it to Chase and he does all the wizard editing. So to by the me, way, you guys, you're still recording, right? We're still, you, everything's still going. This is our first uh, one that we're doing when Corbett's in Mexico. I hope so. <laughs> I just like, I'm going to double check right now while we're like five minutes into the Better show. Better to check Everything now good? Than an hour in. 
Yeah. Everybody thumbs up? Yep. Thumbs <laughs> okay, up. Okay, good. Keep going, Steph. So you normally are just like on one side yeah. sending me audio files. Yeah. So of course, you know, and, and there's, okay, so so the, the one of the questions you asked was why did I want to do this in the first place? And I think- Yeah, why, that's what I want to get into first, totally. Yeah, like why all of us even felt like this was a, a, a cause worth pursuing. And I think Corbett summed it up really well. So there's a few things going on. I mean, first of all, we do hear- from, you know, the Fizzle Show crowd is mixed in gender, which is great. We have guy listeners, we have lady listeners, and a lot of our female crowd, um, I think increasingly, at, at least it feels to me, kind of resonates with the perspective that I bring as one third of the show. And a lot, there seemed to me to be a lot of demand for more of that type of thing. You know, and I do think that in general, entrepreneurship is entrepreneurship, male or female, all, most, the, the vast majority of uh, challenges that we face are, are very similar in nature. But there are a few unique things about the female perspective. And I just was starting to get the sense that people are really interested in that. So that was mm. one, one motivation. The yeah. second one, and the reason that this is courage and clarity, why it's two different parts is for me as a podcast listener, as an individual, I sort of have struggled to find a podcast that not only covers like the aspirational, inspiring stories. I think a lot of podcasts actually do that pretty well, but the instructional side of things seemed conspicuously missing for me. So sometimes I would listen to these awesome interviews with like these badass female entrepreneurs, but I'd be kind of left being like, well, that's cool. But like, how did she do that? Like, how did she become an expert in Facebook ads? Or, you know, how did she become a designer who designed Chris Bosch's website. Like, I don't know how that happened. So for me, I really wanted to create something that was one part super inspiring and real and authentic, not like the canned kind of like go out there and do it because you can believe in yourself, but like really exploring the deep, dark moments that happen to all of us. And typically, for, and interestingly, I think from the ashes of like the whole thing burning down, people tend to like, that's really when they kick it into overdrive and cool stuff happens. So I wanted to explore that in, in the first part of this conversation, which is the courage component. But then, and this is the part that I get, I, I think even I, soup just so interested in is this clarity part of the conversation where every guest kind of has their own expertise. And I really wanted to be able to tap into that and have them kind of teach a little bit in terms of giving people something actionable so that when you, you know, when, when you hear the outro music at the end of the episode, you're like, wow, okay, now I know this one thing or these two things that I can actually go and apply to what I'm working on right now. So I really wanted to create something that was inspiring, uplifting, exciting, and interesting, as well as actionable, instructive, and uh, usable. So that's kind of the, the, the idea behind this interplay between the courage part and the clarity part for this podcast. I love this. I love these these two points. In the, on the website at courageandclarity.com, you say, creative entrepreneurial women need these two puzzle pieces. Number one, the vision. Mm -hmm. We struggle with the vision for our lives, for our dreams, for our hopes, and for our projects, okay? We have this vision thing. Then number two, then there's the process, right? We struggle with what's needed to make that vision a reality. These are the brass tacks, the methods of execution. And I love that. I think that's so true. This, the, the difference between like, you know, a lot of, a lot of cultural stuff right now around like, wow, we can dream a bigger dream for ourselves. You know, we can like, like it's possible. It's more possible than it ever was before. This is a lot of the thing that, that, that gets a lot of people listening to this podcast and gets a lot of people joining us at fizzle and reading our blog is because it's like, dude, this is your life. And you actually have a ton of opportunity. You have a ton of opportunity. What's your vision? Mm -hmm. What are you going to, what are you going to do with it? Right. Which is one part of the question, but we, there really is a completely separate mindset when you move from the vision to the process. And we see 
entrepreneurs all the time. Another thing that you get into on this website at courageandclarity.com is like so many entrepreneurs fizzle out because they got super high on vision and never got down to brass tacks or because they never got high on vision in the first place. Yep. And they just got bogged down in the details. Absolutely. And so it's just like this always happens. And so breaking these episodes up between the courage part, getting into the vision and the clarity part getting into the process. And I like this because I'm, I'm thinking of this this famous quote that's like an anonymous quote. It's like, trust the, vi- uh, uh, what is it? Trust, hold the vision, hold the vision, trust the process. Right. Right? And it's both of those things at, at once, which I, I just think, I'm like, as you could probably tell, I'm just like over the moon about this podcast. Probably because I just I just love female entrepreneurs. Like I just like the way, like the energy that women are bringing to doing creative small business is just seems so different to me mm-hmm. than the like than the like I don't know the the way that a lot of us of us men sort of. But also, I've always been closer with women than with men. <laughs> that's just that's, <laughs> that's just like uh, I'm the guy. I'm one of those guys that that that's like that. Well, there's a lot of us out there. But anyways, so this is a little bit of why you wanted to do this show because you you are resonating with a lot of these ideas. You wanted to provide something that doesn't fail on both of these accounts, but instead like really nails the vision and the process, the courage and the clarity. And I I got to be honest with the with the episodes that I've listened to of this you guys, she is doing it. And actually in a little bit we're going I'm going to sh- we're going to share a little clip of it, but but not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Mm-hmm. So if you if there's if there's anything more you want to add about why uh, or what this what does this show mean to you personally? That's something I want to know. For you Steph, what does this show mean to you? I think there's it, there's a few different things, but one thing is and this is also over on the website at courageandclarity.com, but the question that came to mind for me is I really wanted to know what does it really take? Like what does it really really take to earn a living doing something you care about, right? Because we listen to these shows where there's like, "Oh, I did the things and then now I'm successful and it's great and everybody goes home and it's happy," but I'm really trying to get to the heart of the like some of like the gut wrenching stuff, like the moment, like, so you, if you guys, uh, many people probably listened to the first two episodes that came out earlier this week with Amanda Boleyn of the, she did it her way podcast. And Amanda describes this moment where she had this like very prestigious, but also kind of soul crushing job at target when she was first out of college. And she isolates this moment. She describes this moment where she is literally sitting in the dark in her kitchen, wearing her like target khaki pants and her red target top. And she's got a candle burning and she's listening to a podcast and she has tears like streaming down her face. And that is the stuff that I really wanted this podcast to be about in part. That's the courage. That's the courage part. But that stuff like that stuff that's scary to talk about, because I think a lot of times we tend to get competitive with each other. It's kind of like this, you know, who has the prettiest filters on Instagram. And this isn't about that. This is not the podcast for you. If that's what you're into, this is about like, How do you overcome those moments that all of us have been there? Maybe some people are there right this minute. And I kind of, and I've been there myself too. So part of this is me kind of like reaching back to my former self saying like, hey, listen, you actually aren't alone right now. And like what you're going through sucks, but there is a way out of this. And these other women have done it. And then we're going to get into the second part of the conversation where we're going to teach you exactly how to do it. So Mm. there's a lot of, and you could probably hear the way I'm talking about it. There's a lot of passion for me. There's a lot of um, wanting people to not feel isolated and also just getting into the, the realness of it instead of kind of stripping away all of the prettiness and the showboatiness that I do think sometimes comes along with social media. So we're really Mm. trying to get to like the authentic heart of what this really 
feels like, I think, is that is a big part of why I wanted to do it. Okay, one more question before we get into the the actual tips that you've learned. Um, I want to know, because you're doing, okay, right now, right now, like today, this is day, this is the day after we launched this thing, right? Yep. You are doing what a lot of people who are listening to this episode right now want to do, right? They want to launch their own podcast. They want to have a vision about the podcast. They want the vision to be good and they want the process that they use to get there to actually get them to there, yeah. right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, it's, it's been a lot. We, we've been planning and preparing this thing for months, yes. right? Yes. Do you remember when this came, when we did, when we decided to do this? I mean, this was like originally the concept, I believe, was when we were planning 2016, like in January. So, so it's like it's, 12 months ago. Yeah. And I really dug into like the deep work of it, probably not until September, but okay. it was something that we would just talk about and that I was kind of like, it was like a big, scary thing on my goal list that I was like, am I ever really going to do that thing? You know, it was it was the thing, I would say. Yeah, yeah. So you're doing right now what a lot of people want want to do. Yeah. Like, tell tell me, like, what, do, what does it feel like for you right now? Be brutally honest. Like, what is it? What are you, where, where are you? What, what are oh you gosh. feeling? You guys, starting a podcast is so hard. And I don't want to say that as like, don't do it. Cause I absolutely think you should, if you, if it calls to you, if you, if you like communicating with a spoken word, it's really fun and it's really rewarding, but I have learned it is not unlike writing like a paper in college or something. Like you're in the depth of the thing. You're on page like 15. You're like, is this going to come together there? It, it's harder than it looks, at least for me. Mm, I kind of thought mm. to myself, like maybe this show partially like the, the fizzle show and recording the recording of it may have set me up to feel this way. But part of me was kind of like, how hard is it? You turn on the microphone, you interview somebody and then everybody goes home and we post it and it's great. It's really not that simple. If you, re if you, if you have a vision for what you want to get from the episodes, if you mm. don't really know where you're going with it, then I think that can work. But if you're trying to get to a certain place, like there is a lot more rearranging and crafting than I thought that there mm. would be. So that mm. was one big thing is this is harder than I thought it was going to be. That said, it's extremely rewarding. So I don't want to discourage anybody who I'm just saying, have your expectations maybe slightly altered than where I was at with it. But here we are the day after launch day. And Oh my gosh, I have all the feelings. Like, I don't know. I've listened to it so many times. I'm like, is this yeah. even good? Like, are people going <laughs> to like this? Like, totally. I have like the words memorized. I'm like, oh my gosh. So I definitely reached a point where I was like, I just have to let this thing fly. And we give this advice all the time to our members in Fizzle. It's like, just put it out there. But I, but I really empathize with people who are nervous about putting it out there because it is your reputation. It is people you care about. Uh, weirdly, like one of the scariest things was like emailing my friends and family, like people I'm closest mm -hmm. to because, and those people support me the most, but you know, I just really wanted it to be good. I wanted, I, I didn't want them to be like, oh, that's cute. She has this little podcast. You have these like, you know, I totally have the voices yeah. in the back of my head that I think everybody would. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I do, and I am really proud of it. I do think it's a very quality show. I think the website looks great that Chase designed and looks fantastic. I'm really proud of it. But at the same time that I'm, so it, it's very, um, it's very complicated because on one hand, I'm so proud. On the other hand, I've still got that little voice in my head that's like, are people going to like this? What about the big people? What about the people I really admire? What if they listen to it? Oh my God, that's so mm. scary. So I have all, I have the whole thing going just like anybody else would, I think. Yeah, I just, I mean, I just love it though. I, I thank you for sharing that stuff because uh, we are all at Fizzle, you know, me as Chase, Corbett as Corbett, Steph as, Ch as, as Chase. <laughs> I don't know why I almost <laughs> said that. Steph as Chase, uh, Steph as Steph. You know, we're Fizzle, like we're showing, we're like, hey, here's how you do it. Hey, oh, oh, hey, this is how you do it. 
Well, you, oh, you just got to let it rip, man. You know what I mean? You just, and we're doing the thing we tell you to do all the time. Yes. And we tell you in some ways, sometimes we remind you and we, and we're like, we have that moment where we look deep into your eyes and we go, listen, you're being very brave right now. And you need to know that. And it's beautiful to watch. Like it's an honor to be near. Um, but other times we, we, we've got too many tactics to share or something like that. Right. But this is such a wonderful, fresh reminder of how much vulnerability it takes to really put something out there. And anyone, whoever you are, I don't care who you are. If you put something out into the world, you're a badass. You're amazing. It takes so much to just like you're talking about stuff, send an email to a friend or a family member and just go like, you know, like I always talk about your crappy uncle, you know, who's <laughs> totally. like, oh yeah, you know what I mean? You got a blog now? It's nice. We'll see how that goes. Right. Uh, but, but this vulnerability is precious. This is awesome. This is uh, not precious. This is, this is uh, wild. This is wildness. Yeah. This is what it looks like to be wild. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I like that. It looks good on you, Steph. Well, looks good on you. Corbett, anything else to add before we move on to the tips? Um, no, let's move on to the tips. Let's move on to the tips. Do it. So, Steph, you have three tips about about uh, the, the, the things you've learned about putting together this podcast. And in this first one, I want to share a, a clip from one of your episodes at some point. But first, talk me through this first uh, point of yours, that thing that you have learned. Absolutely. So this first one, I suspect Chase and probably you too, Corbett, are going to ha- maybe, I'm hoping you'll chime in with your own experience with it because number one, Chase, you are the one who turned me on to this one. And secondly, it is, I think, definitely the most important tip. Maybe, I don't know. It's it's up there. It's a really big tip. Let me just say that. But going through this process, starting this podcast, especially I think an interview show, because there's like a million of them and it's very easy to blend in. I think the first tip is you need to find the story. You need to find the moment in the story that makes people listening say, okay, this is why I'm tuning into this podcast. This is why I'm going along on this journey with this host versus listening to one of the other 8,000 podcasts that are out there. Finding the story, understanding what you're trying to get, especially from a guest, is so super important. I think you uh, probably everyone listening, if you have much experience with listening to podcasts, which you probably do because you're listening to this one, you can probably think of the difference between a podcast that you've listened to where you can just tell that the host doesn't really know what's coming next in the interview. They're just kind of like, oh, welcome, really cool person to the show. And they're kind of like, you can feel them sort of going through the experience with you. And as the audience, I think that's a really uncomfortable experience, actually. I think it's a little bit uncomfortable to to be very aware of the fact that the host doesn't actually know who the person is and what they have to offer. Because you're sort of like, okay, I don't really get the sense that this person knows what I'm supposed to get to, to, to take away from this. On the flip side of that, when you get the sense that the host knows what the person is about, they've done their research. I have the, let me get, actually give an example of this. I know I've talked about Jess Lively and her podcast like a million times on this show, but she is someone who really inspires me. She's a fantastic podcaster. And I, this has stuck with me. I've listened to like so many of her episodes and she has like casually mentioned during interviews, she'll be like, oh, at this part in your book, you said X, Y, Z. And that always stuck out to me. I'm like, man, she got their book. She read the book. She knows this person. And this isn't like the first time that she's having, you know, that she's acquainted with this person's body of work. And I think that that's really important if you're bringing somebody onto your show because the audience wants to know that you know where this thing is going. So Mm. I think finding the story is just such an important part because 
audio in particular, I think is really tricky because you can't rely on anything else. You know, if you're looking at a blog post, you can kind of skim and be like, all right, where's, where's the good part? I'm going to skip to the good part. People, I don't think really do that in podcasts. I don't, I, I don't, at least I don't, I don't sit there trying to like skip ahead, trying to find the good part. If I listen to it for five minutes and I feel bored, I'm gone. I'm just not going to, I'm just going to go find something else to listen to because my time is precious. So I think when you are able to, you really have to rely on this, like helping people recreate some kind of story in their mind that sticks with them. And the more detail, the more vividness, the more, you know, I don't know, taking people to an exact moment, I think the better. So that has been one of the biggest things I've learned is how do I take a guest who typically I feel like guests try to rush through their story. How do I slow them down and and, and help them isolate one specific thing that can stick with the person listening and make them say, oh yeah, I remember that exact moment. I feel like I was sitting at the kitchen table with that person when they were going through that thing. So that's my first thing that I learned. It has been hugely helpful to actually start with that turning point to find, like once I go through a whole interview, pick out that turning point, pick out that big moment and let everything kind of build around that. Mm, Interesting. Okay. So I love it. Let me, let me tell, am I hearing you right? You're saying, uh, you got to know, uh, it's almost like you listen to the interview and you find out what is, if you had to pick one moment from this show, you know, what is the moment of this person's life, right? And, and yeah. I, in the Courage episodes, right, you are hearing kind of the the big story of their life. And you're you're recording maybe like 45 to an hour of, of like the story about that, it sounded like. Yeah. And we're editing it down to about 30 minutes, maybe right. a little less than that. So you are basically kind of curating to tell what you think is the main story that you're sensing in the thing. You know, a story has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And what I love is, is you know, I, I, I mean, I taught you this. I, I taught you everything you know about, about finding the, the story, I guess I could say that, which is basically just this one thing, right? It's just this one tip. You look for the moment in the, in their, in the interview where you had the most emotional resonance basically is yep. what I do. I go, yep. what is the moment that feel, have you, what have you learned about that? Like finding that moment? I have learned that, okay, especially as the person doing the interviewing, you will be on the edge of your own seat. Like, I think you are a great um, barometer for what your guests are going to be feeling. I once heard this and another, you know, another recommendation I have too is um, Alex Bloomberg's course at Creative Live on storytelling. This was an excellent Mm. compliment to what you taught me, Chase. But one Mm. of the things that he said, I think it was him. He said, if you are bored interviewing this person, you bet your audience is going to be bored. So if you find Mm. yourself kind of like, like, and it does, it happens. It's so natural during the interview. Like sometimes your guest is not going to be the best storyteller and that's okay, but yeah. you're probably going to have a moment where you're like, okay, I got to get this thing back on track. So if you feel bored, your audience is going to be bored. So I try to keep that in mind on the flip side of that. If I'm like, holy cow, tell me more. That's yeah. when I know I'm getting close to the moment slash. I'm probably approaching the moment yeah. when I feel like, oh my God, we got to dig into this. And I, and I, I almost like feel my heartbeat pick up and I'm like, I'm like leaning forward. I, you know, you just, it's, it's no different than like picking up a really good book. It's exactly the same yeah. except it's audio. So as the host, I think you just have to ask yourself, like, am I interested? Because if I'm not, that's a problem. Okay. Now, um, I want to show, I'm going to tell you like my three big things about finding the moment or about what to do with the moment. But first we found I like we there there's a moment in the first uh in the in the first interview that you do with what's her name Scalera Christina Scalera Okay 
Christina Scalera, and she's amazing. She, she is. I, like I, I'm not, I wasn't familiar with her before, but she's like amazing. And there's this moment where she talks about how she was just pursuing the wrong thing. Like she wanted to leave the corporate lawyer world that she had gotten like successful in, became a big deal in, and totally hated. And she was like pursuing like all these other alternative ways. The, the, one of them that she dove really deep on was becoming a yoga teacher. So here's her talking about, and you talking with her, about about what she found out about becoming a yoga teacher. So what's interesting to me is that you said, you know, you're kind of having this conversation with your dad and he's like, this is a phase, you know, keep at it. I think a lot of us have heard that type of thing from the people who love us, but it's three months turned into six months, turned into nine months. And this was dragging on. So tell us what happened next. You mentioned the yoga teacher certification and you've hinted at some miserable failure. Tell us about that season and what happened. With the yoga thing, it felt the way I knew that in hindsight, the way that I knew that it wasn't the right thing is that it was so hard. It was so hard. Every single thing that could have gone wrong kept going wrong. You know, I tried to get my certification from one program and the school basically imploded. (laughs) Like it just, the teachers left and it was like this whole big thing. Um, so, you know, I tried to do it from another school and that just wasn't working out. And then, you know, I tried to start a blog online and I tried to find support in the yoga community, which you would think is really opening, open and and welcoming, but they weren't. And so it, it was like every single obstacle that I could hit, I just kept hitting. And, you know, I kept hearing about how important things like newsletters and page views were and, that, that was like never coming. You know, I, I would blog, I would blog literally every day about health and wellness and yoga. Um, and it just, it wasn't happening. It, it was, it was like every single obstacle that could be put in my way was. Why do you think so as far as, you know, blogging every single day and, and really just like trying to grind this out and also feeling intimidated by the process, newsletters, page views, these are all things that those of us who are early in our, in our entrepreneurial pursuit are like banging our head against the wall. What, like, why, what do you think wasn't clicking when you were putting that stuff out into the world now that you're looking back? Yeah, I, I know exactly what, what wasn't clicking. I wasn't resonating. So, you know, you guys talk about this all the time is like, what is the pain that you're solving for someone? And, you know, another green smoothie recipe or, you know, opposed to alleviate office stress is not, that wasn't a pain point for the people that I was trying to connect with. Um, and then, so I think the the lack of resonance was a huge factor in my failure. And I also think the fact that I thought I could do it all by myself, that I could just write every single day and eventually the SEO would catch up or, you know, someone would magically find my blog and blow it up. That, that was in my mind because I, I didn't want to bother anybody. I felt like I was bothering people to ask if I could guest post or to ask if I could, um, if they could share my work. And so I was getting really bored of just like putting things out into the world that nobody cared about. Um, so, and I, I kind of missed, you know, I, I was in law school and I was in school for how many years of my life? I mean, the majority of my life has been spent in, in school. Um, and I missed having those academic discussions or, you know, like writing papers even, which I know sounds crazy to some people. Um, and so then I just started to write about things that I wanted to talk about, you know, like if I saw a news story that I saw, okay, somebody had a copyright issue. Well, I know what that is. I can tell you about that. And so here, my health and wellness blog started to have articles about copyright or contracts. 
um, you know, things that I was really familiar with and that were pretty basic to me and I felt comfortable talking about. And all of a sudden I started to get crazy amounts of traffic compared to what I'd had been getting. <laughs> how did you, how did so Steph, you're in this, you're in this conversation with someone and it's this awesome story. I mean, part of you is like in the story, you're kind of getting lost in it. Another, like, just like just your, you are the audience. And another part of you is the interviewer, right? And then there's this third you that listens back to it afterwards, right? Yep. So you've got the whole thing recorded. Now, which one, uh, which one were you when you noticed like, oh, this is a big moment potentially the moment in this in this episode? That's a really good question. I don't necessarily know that I know the moment when I'm in it, when I am the interviewer and simultaneously yeah. the audience. I just know that I'm really interested. And there might be multiple points that usually are multiple things that interest me during the conversation. And it's not until I go back and, and listen and I'm and I'm like, oh, no, like this is the really, because you can't anticipate, anticipate what else is coming in the conversation. So you don't necessarily know if you've arrived, right? But once you yeah, have the whole thing, yeah. you can kind of go back and be like, no, no, this is the thing where it all, I think it, 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 it's, it's a question of what does it all hinge on? Like what's kind of mm. the hinge point that mm, kind mm, of makes mm. everything else make sense is what it is for me. So there's other, yeah, po there's yeah. other parts in that conversation with Christina that are so good. She has other moments that are hard hitting, but that moment that we just played is the one that kind of makes and, and me as the interviewer, when I asked her, you know, why was it, why was it difficult? Like what was going on? It's her answer and everything that flows from that, that makes that such a great moment, I think. Yeah. Okay. And by the way, guys, that's a clip from next week's episode that will be airing on Monday. Right now we're right. airing two episodes every week. Both of them come out on Mondays. Is that right? That is correct. Okay, so the courage and the clarity of Christina Scalera are coming out on Monday and they're both badass. What's her clarity episode about? She So since she is a creative, she's an attorney for creatives, it is legal essentials for business building mm. and it's really ah, good. That's so good. Yeah. I love this. I literally love this show so much because it just like <laughs> utterly, like profoundly makes sense to me. It's like, oh yeah, get pumped up and then get and then figure out exactly what to do to apply this to your business. Oh, yep. that that makes sense. That's the idea. Okay, so it really quickly, my bits on on moment. I love what you just said about finding the thing that it hinges on, right? I love that. And then then what I would do, I also love that you said basically, you know, when you're doing the interview, you might not be able to tell what moment it is, right? But once you have it recorded, once you click stop and then you go back and listen to it, to me, that's like I'm in a totally different brain state when I do that. Um, I'm always like, I'm always finding stuff. Oh man, I wish I would have asked this there or I wish I would have responded like this. Oh, now I'm more curious about this thing. Why didn't I follow up on that, right? Yeah. Uh, but when you have it all recorded, then you can kind of like go through and you can kind of, Almost like, you you know, there, there might be five great stories uh, in there or great moments. And then you're just asking the question, like, I get to make this, I get to make this, ep this whole episode about one of these moments. Because basically, you know, we don't take, we don't, by the way, we don't take our advice, our, my own advice here at The Fizzle Show. And we do that on purpose. Because this is a free-flowing, very honest, raw conversation. And that's what we are. Some people really dislike that. But most, but more and more people are really loving that because the world of like three bullet points on putting together a podcast, like just is not as interesting as like, let me hear your story about what it was actually like.
right? And we, and and so that's what we're what we do here. This is this is a different. Our goal with Courage and Clarity was from the start to be something that like no, this is easy to plug into. You can get into it and get out of it on your commute or on your bike ride or on your run. Like these are short episodes, twenty to thirty minutes, uh, and and they and they're hard hitting. Like they pack a punch, right? Yeah. So we got you. Go keep going. What? And I think too, one thing that's important to point out. I think the length is important. I, you know, a lot of people are looking for shows that are around that 30 minute mark, but we also made this strategic strategic decision to split these up because, and you already mentioned this chase, but they are kind of different mindsets, right? Like we definitely could have just had it be an hour where like the first 30 minutes is inspirational and the second 30 minutes is instructive. But I really want people to come to each episode, like being in the right mindset. You know, you're you, yeah. when you're sitting there, sitting down to like hear a good story. I think that's a different headspace than, okay, I'm ready to sit down and maybe like, have a, a pen handy because I'm going to jot down a few things that I can actually apply. So it's intentionally kind of like two different mindsets for each courage and clarity episode. Okay. My one last little thing is one of the things I learned really early on in communication was you tell them what you're going to tell them, you tell them, and then you tell them what you told them. Yes. This goes back to what you were talking about with the audio stuff. Um, it, audio really is a unique experience because you, you have no idea where you are in the episode. Like oftentimes you, 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 maybe you might pick up your phone and go like, oh, I'm halfway through. Um, but really, even then you just like, that's just a random thing. You just happen to be 50% of the way through. So to give structure in an episode to someone when you like, so you're doing a great job with this, for example, with the clarity episodes, like each one of these people, you find this one thing that you want their, their, uh, their expertise on because they're kind of better at this than anybody else you've found. And you hone in on that and you get that info from them. So you, you, when you set those episodes up, you tell us in the introduction what we're going to get into. Also, the title tells us some of that. Then you tell us, you tell us in the intro, this is what she's going to say. Then she says it. And then you tell us what she said, right? This is just like, this is communication 101. Uh, because really, like, like you have 20 minutes in front of somebody, you get to say one thing. You get to say one thing and for them to walk away with knowing they can go, they can know one thing, or they might get like the, the, the three P's of personal brand or something like that. Right. Which is effectively saying one thing that your brand, your personal brand matters. Right. You know, it's like, so the hard work of communicating, uh, like effectively is whittling down to the soul, to the heart of the thing you're trying to communicate. And I just think one great way of, of helping you figure out what that is, is first of all, you find this moment, this hinge, then you tell them, you build the whole episode around that. Hey, this is my episode with Christina Scalera where she talks about this. This is what she's gonna get into. Pay attention when she starts talking about this because I think it's amazing, right? Then the thing, and she says it. She says the thing. Then afterwards, you tell them what they heard. Right, so you tell them what they're gonna hear. You, you. you so what's it? What did I say before? It was like you, you tell them what you're gonna tell them. Then you tell them, and then you tell them what you told them. Yep. And I just think like, and I'm doing. Notice how I'm doing this a lot. I'm, I'm telling you what I'm gonna tell you. Then I'm telling you, and then I'm telling you what I told you. It's like because these are the kinds of things that get stuck in your brain, and that's what makes people come back because you made them feel like an expert themselves. You made mm -hmm. them feel like they knew what was going on. So this is for anybody who's making podcasts to be able to do that work. If you really want to shine, 
to do that work of telling them what you told them, which is to say, you know what they're going to say. And so might as well in the beginning half, tell them what they're going to tell them. You know what I mean? So you tell them what you're going to tell them, you tell them, and then you tell them what you told them. That is my thing on moment. It's that's really awesome advice for podcasting for sure. But honestly, anytime you're doing any kind of instruction, so maybe you're building a course, this is huge because I think in your, in our own minds, we're like, okay, I don't need to beat the same dead horse, but your audience doesn't know it the way that you know it. And so you might feel like you're repeating yourself a lot when in reality, the person who's listening is hearing it for the first time. And it's just going to help, like you said, Chase, it's just going to help it stick. So I think that's an awesome framework to help people make sure they're driving home that point. And that goes back to the other point of making the audience then feels like you have a plan, you know what you're talking about, and then they can kind of relax and trust you as the host to take them where you want to go. Okay, so we're getting close to uh, running out of time here. So I want you to tell us Walk us through your points number two and number three. Point number one was find out what the story is, specifically getting into this moment. Like what is the one moment, the emotional moment for this person in their life? Or like, like what's the emotional sort of sort of center of this thing? Like you said, what does it hinge on? Finding that moment can give you, can make this episode really good when you tell them this is the moment, then the moment happens, and then you told them about the moment afterwards. Okay, so what's your, what's your next one? What's numbers two and three? Okay, so number two is working on one season at a time. So this is, you know, I think really helpful for people who are podcasting for the first time and also for people like myself who probably wouldn't really understand how to gracefully end some end a project like this if that time if I would say if and when that time comes like you're not going to do this podcast forever probably so to be able to just work on a season at a time I found to be really helpful because this project was self-contained so you know for me I have you know and, and with you know Corbett and Chase as sort of my you know, advisors in this, we decided that for us, 12 episodes felt like a really good, healthy, meaty first season, right? That's the first season of Courage and Clarity is 12 12 episodes long. So whether or not we continue with a second season, it's kind of irrelevant. The, The awesome thing about this, the empowering thing about this is I could just do one season and it's complete. And I don't have to feel really crappy about myself if we make the strategic and creative decision to be like, you know what? One season was awesome. We're going to move on to this because it's a, it's a bigger and and better project. Right? So I, it's the difference between feeling like I failed because I could easily get 20 episodes into this thing and kind of start to have that feeling like I don't want to do it anymore. And I'm kind of limping along and I don't really know where to close the, close the loop on it. Or I can look at it as, okay, let's approach it one season at a time, evaluate the success of this thing, see how it feels, and then make the decision whether or not I want to continue with the project. So I love mm. this idea of, of it being self-contained. Then when you complete it, you can feel really good about it. You can celebrate it. And then you can decide whether you'd like to intentionally close it and just say, that was awesome. I learned and now I'm moving on. Or you can say, this is so great. I have momentum. I'm ready to pick up a season two. So my second tip was working on just one season at a time. Mm, I love that one because the idea of, and there were some people that have, that have mentioned this before, just like, I never even thought about doing that with a podcast. Like just to, like podcasts just seem so open-ended, they go forever, right? But you can, as a creator, just decide, I'm going to do 12 episodes of this and then, and, and that's what I'm committing to. And, the, and it's almost like you're, you're at, like to me, for me, when I know like, hey, I, this year I'm going to do 10 blog posts. Like that changes everything yep. about how I pursue this one blog post. 
right? How I pursued this one podcast episode. Um, when I go like, oh, I'm going to do this many. This is going to be my my run. This this my season of my podcast is going to be 10 episodes long or something like that. Then it's like, okay, then we'll see what we, if we want to stick with it or not. I just think it's a really big idea for a lot of us. Uh, we're not used to thinking about podcasts that way. And there are really successful shows that do think about podcasts that way. Like, you know, the startup podcast on Gimlet Media, uh, they're, they, they do it in seasons as well. That's one of the first ones I saw doing this. And I was like, oh, this makes so much sense. Right. All right. So what's your number three? Okay. Number three. And I think this is a really big one. It's probably tied with the first one in terms of importance for me. But the third tip is you need feedback early and seriously, Mm. do not wait to get feedback. So this one is huge and scary and probably the least fun, but I think it's absolutely instrumental to this experience for me. So for me having, and of course I have a team, right? I have, I have you Chase, I have you Corbett to share this stuff with, but I just think that this absolutely changed the direction of my podcast, being able to bounce it off of somebody else's ears that were not my own, because you just get so stuck in your own head. You kind of think it's good, but you've listened to it 7,000 times. It is really scary to share it with somebody else for the first time. Like it is absolutely terrifying. I was very scared, especially because Chase in, in my mind is an audio expert. Corbett is certainly very experienced with audio as well. And then there's me who has absolutely no experience. I'm sitting here thinking, well, I think this sounds good, but like, what if they think it sucks? What if it's terrible? What if this Mm. doesn't even like measure up at all? Of course, when I put it out there, that's not what I got back from you guys whatsoever. Mm. But Mm. being able to be vulnerable enough to share this, I just can't imagine if I had kept this thing to myself, like all 12 episodes and then put it out there. I think I would be paralyzed about launching this. The fact Mm. that I have shared it with people who I consider experts, who I consider experienced, and I've gotten their feedback and I've had them say, this is like, you're onto something, keep going. Now that gives me the confidence and the courage to launch it more broadly because I, I just can't imagine launching like not knowing what anybody else thinks about it. So I think get feedback early, you know, not too early. Like, you know, I say put together an episode or two, give it your very, very best shot before sharing it. Don't question it too much, but get that feedback from people who have more experience than you. So I have a couple of pieces of criteria for how, how to figure out the right person to share this with, because mm, nice. I, yeah. I think the right sharing it with the right person is really important. You don't want to get advice from the wrong person. So here mm. are a few of the things that I would look for in selecting somebody to be that, that sounding board for you. First, it should be someone you trust and more on that in a second, but I think that one's probably fairly self-evident. You want to feel like you are in a safe space when you're being vulnerable with work that's probably really close to your heart. So it needs to be someone you trust. I definitely also think it should be someone with more experience than you. And you have to go into it, again, vulnerable. You have to realize this person has more experience than me. That doesn't make me weaker or less than. It gives me the advantage of being able to hopefully like take a few shortcuts and learn a few things quicker that maybe that person that I'm sharing with had to learn the hard way. So you can take advantage of somebody else's expertise a little bit when they have more experience than you. Um, The third thing is someone who you know will be honest with you. So you don't really want someone who's just going to throw roses and say like, oh, this is so fantastic. Keep going. I mean, of course, that always feels good, but that's not going to help you grow and break your show down and make it better before you put it out there into the world. And then the last one is someone who you feel really cares about you and you someone who you know thinks you're talented. And that one's really important, maybe the most important, I think, because... 
if I didn't feel like Corbett and Chase supported me and felt, I, I know they think I'm talented. I know they care about me as a person. I would be questioning what it meant when Chase comes back to me and says, Hey, you're close, but you're not quite there. Let's let, like, let's workshop this together. I would be questioning myself. I would be like, Oh my God, do mm. I suck? Does he think I'm any good at this? But we have a rapport. We have a relationship. I know he believes in me as a whole. And that makes me feel really safe to develop my skill. So I think getting these things in combination, someone you trust, someone with experience, someone who you know will be honest and somebody you know cares about you is like the perfect formula for finding the right person to give you feedback on maybe your first episode or your first two episodes. Mm, I love that. So trust, experience, honesty, and care. Yes. These are the things you're looking for in the person you get feedback from. Now, I, so I, so you're, so this idea of getting feedback from someone early on, is there a point at which it's like too early to get feedback or are you kind of like as early as you possibly can? I think, you know, I think it's great to get feedback on like when you're in the concept stage, like we certainly on this team had a lot of conversation about what this thing should be. But then I kind of went into my own little workshop, you know, in my own cavern and I wrote the episodes I interviewed and I gave it my best shot at editing and then I shared it. So I think yeah. you want to get to a point where you feel like your concept is secure. That's a really good point to get feedback. Then you do want to give it your best shot and actually produce like I almost think of it as like a mock up for what your podcast is going to be like a prototype. Um, and then you share it and make sure that you're on track because can you imagine recording 12 episodes and having that person go, uh, you know, your microphone so sounds kind of funny or we can improve your audio quality. Like you have so yeah. much more work to do that yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that would be paralyzing, I think. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So the first tip is find the story, find the moment that it hinges on, right? Yep. Second tip is what did I, did I forget the second tip? Work on season one. Work on season one. Define a number of episodes that you're gonna that you're gonna do, and so you have a beginning, middle, and end of the work that you're gonna do. Like there's a point at which you know you deserve to open up a bottle of champagne. Yes, right. I love that. And then number three, get feedback from people who you trust, who have experience, who are gonna be honest with you, <clears throat> and who care about you. Yes, because this feedback can be super valuable. You don't have to do it all on your own. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. And I would just add on top of that, if you do get that feedback, you will feel so much better on launch day. You will have that confidence. You will be like, okay, I have some validation. This is not unlike product validation that we talk about, you know, testing a product before putting it up for sale. It's the mm, same yeah, kind of yeah. confidence that you could say, I know this thing has legs. I know it's good. I can, you know, I, I have somebody who is better at this than me say that, that they yeah. believe in it. Now I can put it out there and feel good about it. Mm. I love it. Okay, listen, listeners, you have homework to do right now. You've got to go listen to the show. Subscribe to it in your podcast app. We are in all the podcast apps that uh, that pull uh, podcasts from iTunes, okay? And if you're on Stitcher or something like that, like, why are you on Stitcher? Come on. Come on, guys. Don't be on Stitcher. By the way, do you know this? The Stitcher has like some pretty lame, uh, lame uh, uh, things that the publishers have to sign to or agree to in order to get our podcast up there. We're going to have Courage and Clarity up there. We're submitting that now. Uh, so don't worry if you're like committed to Stitcher. I, I, I'm not going to draw battle lines about this, but we're in your podcast app probably already. We're in iTunes, the iTunes podcast app, where, by the way, it would be so easy for you to write a review of this show, to pump Steph up, to give her a message of 
what you of like how proud you are of her to launch this thing. You guys, this is such an awesome show, and I think it's going to be here for way more than one season. Uh, we've already got a ton of amazing feedback from it. People are listening to it like mad, and I think you're going to love it. I think you're going to love it. You got homework? And this is for dudes, too. Guys, I've been listening to these episodes going like, oh, I should think about my business more this way. I love hearing the way these people think about their business. It literally makes me see how much of a box I am stuck in. Do you know what I mean? And so listening to some of these Courage episodes and the Clarity episodes gets me out of like out of this like box that I'm stuck in, these patterns, these negative patterns I'm stuck in as I think about my business. So go to iTunes, search for Courage and Clarity, open up your podcast app, search for Courage and Clarity, a new podcast from fizzle.fm and Steph Crowder rhymes with chowder. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say a quick thank you to, I mean, seriously, our audience has been so amazing, so supportive. I've gotten comments and tweets and all kinds of good stuff. So thank you everybody for being just so awesome through this whole thing. Really proud of it and really excited about it. And I just hope you guys enjoy it as much as I enjoyed putting it out there. Booyah. Love that. Corbett, anything to add? Uh, As I was listening to this, I was just thinking, you know, um, before we recorded this episode today, the thing that struck me about the podcast was just what a natural Steph is as an interviewer. Yeah, and, totally. And, you know, there are so many interview shows out there and there are so many bad interviewers. And I've always wondered, like, <laughs> what is the difference between a good interviewer and a bad interviewer? And you just wonder, is it is it something you're born with? Is it that you're just a good conversationalist? But I think Steph just laid out this blueprint for people who are thinking about starting a podcast, thinking about interviewing somebody, maybe not even in the podcast format, but you know, for a video or something, it's about doing your homework. It's about being in the interview, like being, you know, in the moment and experiencing it. It's about listening back to it and then structuring the, you know, the, the resulting media so that people experience it in the right way. Um, and you know, it's just, I think there are things that you can do to be a good interviewer you probably start out being a good conversationalist like Steph is, and maybe you have some experience as a host like that, like she does on The Fizzle Show, but then just doing your homework and looking for that moment and, and all the things that she talked about today, I think can, can really improve your chances of hitting it out of the ballpark. Love it. Love it. I have been Chase Warman Reeves. I've been Corbett Barr. I've been Steph Crowder. And, and we'll, we'll see you there. there. Or we'll we'll see you on another time. time. That's harder to do when we're all in different places. (laughs) (laughs) So there you have it. All right. (laughs) For people who just like listen to the show, this is like their first episode. They hear the all right. This has like become a thing. I can't even stop doing it anymore. And I already went through the phase where like tried to stop doing it and then I just did it naturally. And then so many people just talk about it on the iTunes reviews that they're just like, please never stop doing the all right. That I'm like, okay, I think you've made the decision for me. <laughs> all right. <laughs> hey, if you want to see uh, all the points from this uh, episode written out for you, we've done that. Go to fizzleshow.co slash 197. Everything is written out, including the bullet points on that, per, the, the the kind of person that you want to get feedback from, right? The person that you trust, that has experience, that, uh, you know, the other ones. The last one was they care about you. Oh, the middle one was that they'll be honest with you. See, it's hard to remember. Then when you see it written down, you don't forget it anymore. So go to fizzleshow.co slash 197 to check that out. 
Here's an iTunes review from ADHD Think Tank in the US of A who says, if you are ADD like me, or ADHD, did I say ADD? This is ADHD Think Tank, okay? He says, she says, they say, if you are ADHD like me and need some structure, this is your place. Try the free stuff if it works. Then the coaching they have will be even better. Oh, so good. Thank you so much, ADHD Think Tank. I'm sure you have a real name too. But uh, this is a nice way to get your business, ADHD Think Tank, (laughs) talked about on the Fizzle Show. That's exciting. You just nailed it. All because you left us a review. Listen, listener, we love reading the reviews from you guys. I'm going to tell you that it really helps us over time. We have lots of reviews for our show. In fact, let me double check right now uh, to see if we have over 500 U.S. domestic reviews because I think we're just about there. Oh, 496. We're so close. So close to 500. We absolutely love reading these reviews. We read every single one of them. I share them all with the team, not just in the U.S., from all over the world. We get every review that's ever been written about the Fizzle Show in the iTunes app uh, or you know, on your phone or on your computer. And so I would love to read your review. It also helps us with the podcast. Well, I really want this thing to get bigger, 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 so we can afford to spend more time making great episodes. All right? So... Dear listener, if you haven't yet, please leave us a review. Just uh, open up iTunes, the iTunes store, search for Fizzle and Podcasts, and click write a review. By the way, if you do that for the Fizzle Show, and then you go do it for Courage and Clarity, will you please let me know at Twitter, which is my my Twitter account is at Fizzle, at F-I-Z-Z-L-E. Just say, hey, left a review for both because, I don't know, I'm going to find something on the internet, I'm just going to give it to you. I'm just going to give you a gift from the internet. Okay? That's my promise to you. All right. We talked a little bit uh, or quite a bit about the importance of vision and process. Oprah has this great quote about vision. She says, create the highest, grandest vision possible for your life because you become what you believe. Create the highest, grandest vision possible for your life because you become what you believe. That's what Oprah says. That sounds a little high-minded for me in some ways. That's almost like it does more harm than good. Like it just scares me, (laughs) right? So what I would change that to is go, do what you want. Do what you want, which begs the question, what do you want? What do you want? Let what you personally want drive your vision. Not what's going to make people like you. Not what's going to get you money. These things are nice. Money's a necessity. You know, it's a part of your physical well-being. But what do you want? This is the big question for us today. All right, find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. Thanks, and I'll talk to you next Fizzle Friday.